Welcome to the Eastern Current Fishing Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Judd Brock, here to bring you another episode. Today, I'm lucky enough to chat with fellow North Carolina native and CEO of Bahio Sunglasses, Al Perkinson. We're going to discuss conservation, his love for shallow water fishing, and obviously, Bahio Sunglasses. Hope y'all enjoy. Al, how's it going? Thanks for joining me on the podcast. Hey, Judd. How you doing, man? Oh, doing good, doing good. Just, uh, I'm sure it's, you're, you might be feeling it down there in Florida. Maybe it's always like this, but it is just unseasonably warm here. Uh, and we just, it feels like we keep getting fall and then it gets taken away from us. Has it been kind of like that down there for you? Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been super warm. We've been, uh, you know, blessed with a couple of hurricanes the last six weeks. Uh, so <laughs> things have heated up on that front for sure, but now it's back to being sunny and beautiful. So awesome. Um, all good. Awesome. Awesome. Um, did y'all have much damage from the hurricanes where y'all were? Yeah, we had a lot of flooding, which okay. we normally don't have, but I mean, it's pretty much wiped the beach out and, you know, water was just everywhere in people's houses and, you know, the river overflowed. And so, um, yeah, the winds weren't super high, but, uh, I think we had 30 hours with Ian, we had 30 hours of, 75 to 95 mile an hour winds and 20 inches of rain. Golly. And then, uh, yeah, so it was, uh, yeah, just drenched us, you know, to the core, basically. <laughs> but, right. You know, it's uh, just part of part of living in Florida. It is. It we, is. But, well, yeah. I'm, I'm glad y'all made it through okay. We had a ton of flooding, not a ton of flooding, but a lot. We had more flooding from that hurricane here in Wilmington than we did from Florence, which was pretty crazy, but it hit us like at the peak of a, of a flood tide. So it was already a over for us over a five foot is, is a pretty big tide. And the, the max of the storm surge was hitting at the same time. So we had a lot of flooding from that. Nothing too crazy, but it was definitely a surprise for a lot of people that we had, had what we did. Yeah. Well, those flood tides are great, great for fishing. I know we were in Charleston for a couple of years before we moved back down to yeah. Florida and we would get eight foot tides there. And it, we hopped, hopped in a little pedal kayak, yeah, a little pedal kayaks, and hit the creeks and hit the tail and redfish. It was super fun. Yeah, that's awesome. They're definitely fun. They're fun when they stay out of your yard, but flood enough for the fish to tail. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, like uh, like I mentioned in the intro, you guys, uh, this is Al Perkinson. He is the CEO of of Bahio Sunglasses. Uh, I'm excited to have him on the show today. We're going to talk about quite a few things, but I want to kind of get Al's backstory. So, Al, can you kind of share with us, kind of your childhood growing up, how you got into fishing and, and how it's kind of brought you to where you are today with, with Bahia sunglasses. Sure. You know, I was, uh, one of four boys in my family and we were, uh, you know, we were hellions and just ran around outdoors all the time. And we grew up in North Carolina, had a big Creek in our backyard. And so we just lived with, you know, to find crayfish and snapping turtles and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, in the summers, we would come down to the beach quite a bit and love to do saltwater fishing, you know, at the beach. So Wilmington, where you are, and we'd go to Sunset Beach and Crescent Beach and all up and down uh, North and South Carolina. And, you know, we just, that's what we love to do. That's what we did growing up. And then, you know, back inland, we'd hit the bass ponds quite a bit and um, love doing that as well. So really grew up doing everything 
but fly fishing. And then later in life, got turned on to that. And uh, so we really enjoy traveling and fly fishing, you know, saltwater fly fishing, freshwater out west. Um, you know, really gotten into that and enjoy that quite a bit. So, um, yeah, that's kind of started at a very early age and I've been lucky enough to keep doing it as part of my career, which has been awesome. That's awesome. That's really awesome. So if you had one, if you had one day to go and do any type of fishing that you could, what would it be? Well, I have to say, uh, permit fishing on a saltwater flat down in the Caribbean is where it's at for me. Yeah. That, I mean, sure. I don't know if anyone could ever argue with that. That's, that's probably a lot of people's choice. And if it's not that it wouldn't be hard to convince them to go do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. but that's super cool. That, um, so when did you kind of get into the sunglasses world and, and take me through that bit of the story a little bit? Yeah. You know, I, I, um, worked in advertising for most of my career, started out in New York and then came back to North Carolina, you know, to raise the family. And, uh, you know, New York was awesome for five or six years, but always knew I wanted to get back to the Carolinas and, uh, you know, and live there. And so I started working for a, a little agency in Greenville, South Carolina called Henderson and got a client a friend of mine called me one, one day. And, uh, she said, you know, um, there's this cool little sunglass brand that is, uh, that all the people who boat and fish have started to wear. It's called Costa. And, um, she was down in, in that, in, uh, Albemarle Sound. She worked for Albemarle Boats. And, um, I said, oh, let's check it out. So I got Costa as a client in advertising. That was probably around 2000 or 2001. And then uh, they asked me to come over and run marketing for them. And, and uh, at that time, Costa was a little $6 million Florida brand. And over the years, we were able to build that into, uh, I don't know, $160, $70 million international brand. Yeah. And it was a, uh, did that for about 15 years and then decided to leave when it was bought by this huge Italian company and it was starting to get a little corporate for my blood. So I, I took off and, and, uh, moved to Bozeman, Montana and, uh, worked for Sims, which is another, you know, freshwater fishing company yeah. and was out there for a couple of years, loved it. But uh, the 35 below winters got old really quick for this Florida boy. <laughs> and uh, so we turned around and came back and, um, and then, you know, saw an opportunity uh, open up really for a new, new, smaller, younger sunglass brand and decided to start Bahio. And it's been uh, a wild ride for the last two or three years. Yeah, that that's really cool, man. That's it's. I remember, so the, a rep friend of mine here in North Carolina, um, we were talking one day, or maybe he called me, and he was like, hey, man, I got some sunglasses I want you to try on. And it was Bahia sunglasses, I think, pretty early on. And uh, got got some Bahia sunglasses and started wearing them. I had worn Smiths. I had worn Costas um, and, and fell in love with those sunglasses for sure. I've been wearing them for the past two and a half years, I think, um, exclusively. And just some of my favorite sunglasses I've ever worn – um, is especially fishing wise. I mean, or they are my favorite sunglasses I've ever worn. Fishing wise, will you take us through kind of? And I, I was reading through the website, and I had not done this until our podcast. Um, as I was kind of preparing for the podcast, but 
I was blown away at kind of what y'all are putting into these sunglasses on the back end as far as eliminating some of the weight and then the blue light elimination. And, and that was stuff that I had never even really thought about. But they really do. One, one of my biggest frustrations with sunglasses in the past has been delamination. And it's probably my own fault. But that's the one of the things I've really liked about these sunglasses is I've not had a pair of them delaminate yet and I don't know if that's you know I've been taking better care of them or a way that they're built but also I've always thought like I can see so much better through this we kind of have like a stained dirty water here in North Carolina it's it's clear but it's like a tea stained almost and everything Mm -hmm. is really crisp like I can pick up the edges of a fish really well and I can it makes things pop a little bit better does that have to do I guess this is like a lot of questions in one but um, maybe start with, with kind of the build process of the sunglasses and what sets y'all apart. Yeah, well, it's been, it's been really fun, uh, you know, to, to tackle that. And we, you know, we make the sunglasses here in New Smyrna beach and we are lenses and, and, you know, parts are made at various places around the world based on who makes the best part. Um, okay. and unfortunately, the U.S. has lost a lot of the manufacturing base, and so we have to go overseas for a lot of the stuff, but at least we can put it all together here and employ people locally uh, to do all of that. Um, but the lenses, you know, lens technology when you're fishing is incredibly important. And, you know, with the sunglasses, people say, are number two behind a rod and reel um, in terms of importance when you fish. And because uh, your eyes that's what you use to see the fish. And so, you know, there really hadn't been a ton of innovation in the lens world, um, you know, over the last 15 years, you know, there, each of the major brands came out with its own version of uh, sort of a light blocking color enhancing type of polarized lens, but they're all pretty much the same. And so we kind of just started from scratch and said, okay, you know, we got a chance to build something that's really different and that's better. So let's go and look. And we found a technology that a friend of mine uh, was using, but in clear glasses. So okay. a lot of people, you know, young people these days, uh, all of us, you know, we're on computers, we're on phones, we're on television. So all the screens emit blue light and blue light is harmful in a lot of ways. One of the ways is that it suppresses your melatonin creation. And so it makes it hard for you to sleep. So if you're a video gamer, for example, and are on your screen all the time, you have a really hard time sleeping at night. So people have started wearing these blue light blocking clear glasses when they're on the screens to um, for you know to help them sleep better, basically. Wow. Um, and so I asked my you know so I asked my friend if anybody had ever done that with sunglasses because the sun produces more harmful blue light than anything on the planet. And so he said, yeah, you know, nobody has really done this in sunglasses. So we just started experimenting with blocking the blue light. And what we found was these glasses, I mean, it was so clear. And to this day, anybody who puts on the glasses, they're like, oh, wow, it is so clear. I'm like, yeah, it's weird. So um, that blue light technology is what we brought in to Bahio and that's in all of our lenses and it makes them really clear. So the more clear they are, you know, when you take up, take out all the blue haze and, and the distractions, 
and things get really clear, your eye gets more information. And so that information can be used to see things more clearly, including fish under the water. Uh, so that's half of the equation. The other half is, you know, lenses are built by stacking different layers. And it can be a mirror, it can be a coating, it can be a base color. Uh, but the combination of all those uh, layers together is what um, really creates the visual experience. And contrast is super important when you're fishing because you right. need to see, if you're sight fishing, you need to see the fish against the bottom. And so having a high contrast lens means that there's contrast between the fish and the bottom. And so that fish pops and you can see it much better. So what we found, especially with our red, um, more reddish colored lenses, uh, that the contrast is just something like we've never seen before. Yeah. And so when I take take the lenses down, you know, to Mexico or the Bahamas or Honduras or wherever and put them on all the guides who are out there on the water all day long, uh, they're blown away. They're like, wow, I can see this fish 10, 20, 30 feet farther away than before. And, you know, for an angler, that's, that's the difference between success and failure lots of times. And uh, so... So, yeah, that's kind of how, how we built the lenses um, just uh, from scratch using our blue light technology and really playing around with different colors uh, to get the highest contrast that, that we can. Um, and uh, it's, uh, it's working. You know, it's, it's awesome to have a point of difference in your product um, and for people to literally just be able to try on your brand against a couple of competitor brands and and to win um 95 percent of the time so it's uh that's kind of how we did it yeah that's that's a that's really cool and and hearing that i read about that on the website but just hearing you explain it it's, it makes even more sense it's really neat a, a, a kind of a cool story and this happened maybe two two three months ago one of my clients that i fished with a good bit was on the boat he had a new pair of sunglasses they weren't bahia sunglasses and he's a really good angler you know, usually does not struggle to see fish. And these were like good amber lens sunglasses. Um, and he was, you know, we were, we were pulling, the water was, was decently clear and I was seeing fish that usually he picks up on and he was having a lot of trouble, you know, picking up on those fish. And I had one of my other pairs of Bahia sunglasses in there. And after like five or six fish that he was not able to see very well, I was like, look, let's try some different sunglasses. Cause he was like, maybe it's the new sunglasses. I put on a pair of my extra pair of Bahia sunglasses and I mean, I, I, we we weren't able to go back and recreate those exact same shots, obviously, but but he started picking up on a lot of those fish a lot quicker and a lot better. And um, I really do, you know, relate that to that change in sunglasses. So it was it was pretty cool. And then he, now he has a pair of Bio sunglasses, so that was that worked out pretty well. Um, but yeah, that's cool. That's that's really neat. I've never even thought. I mean, I didn't even. I don't know enough about light to to understand of the different you know waves and colors that you can block, but it's cool to, to see. And it's awesome when, you know, someone stirs the pot a little bit and does something different. Like, you know, you, like you said, it'd been 15 years since anyone had really done anything revolutionary with sunglasses. And so it's cool that y'all were able to do that and find something that works really well. Yeah. Yeah. It's been great. The other thing that I, that I read on the, on the website and kind of made sense was, was the, just the lightness of the, you know, the weight of those, of, of y'all's glasses that really, really does help. Cause like my wife, she never wears sunglasses, but I'm wearing sunglasses all day long, every day, whether I'm on the water or not. If it's cloudy, they're on top of my head, but they're still on my head. Um, 
but I would say, you know, they, they definitely are, uh, definitely some of the lighter sunglasses I've ever worn. Is there, is there, uh, you know, anything to that as far as how you are eliminating some of the weight? Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of, there's a couple of things. One is, you know, if you think about the arm of the sunglasses, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that goes over your ear, lots of times that's a big solid piece of plastic that has a lot of weight to it. And so if, if we have a big, thick temple, we'll, we'll carve out the inside to eliminate some of that weight. I think that, that is one of the biggest things. The other thing is just the material itself. So we use 65% plant-based material in all of our lenses. I mean, all of our frames. And that is um, a good bit lighter than just normal nylon, normal plastic okay. uh, frame material. So um, I think between those two things, how it's designed to carve out a lot of the weight and then um, the material that's used that's just inherently lighter, uh, that those, you know, those things make the glasses feel a lot lighter, but they're just as strong. So it's not like we're uh, sacrificing strength and durability for weight. Uh, we're able to get both, which is kind of like if you think about getting, a, um, you know, a bike, if you're a cyclist. Okay. then the, the lighter it is, the more high-tech it is. Because those guys want super light bikes, but they have to be really strong. So that's the kind of thinking that we put into the frames themselves. And um, so that's another comment that we hear besides the clarity of lenses. Everybody's like, wow, these things are so lightweight. And um, so that's good. You know, it's, if they're lighter and, you know, when we're out on the water all day long, you know, right, right on your nose or the nose pads hit, you know, it can start to get sore. So if the glasses are too heavy and, um, so we try to keep them as light as we can. Yeah. They're, they're definitely really comfortable. I got a big fat head too. And they, they, they sit really well. I've, I've gotten a lot of sunglasses in the past that definitely hurt my head and the weight and then the pressure on the sides, but they fit my head real well. Um, I think, I think, you know, the coolest part about y'all's company is, is not even the sunglasses. It's, it's y'all's dedication to conservation and, um, in a lot of ways, not just one, but I know there's the, uh, temples of change campaign that y'all have got going on right now. Do you want to share about that? We can kind of dive into that, that, uh, conservation side of things. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, the, uh, you know, I guess the, the main reason that Marguerite and I started this company was to have like a funding mechanism for all of the conservation stuff that we like to do. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people work in the not-for-profit world and they'll, you know, they'll be part of Bonefish Tarpon Trust or Trout Unlimited or Billfish Foundation or CCA. And, you know, so those, those folks don't take a profit. They don't really sell products. They're just totally focused on the environment. Um, and you know, I, I think that's a great model, but for us, it's like, I don't, I don't necessarily want to go asking people to donate money to my organization. Uh, I want to go out and earn the money and then have that money to spend the way that we want to spend it. I think it gives you more control and you can generate a lot more money. So we, you know, we view business as a great way to fund, uh, whatever your cause might be, you know? And if more businesses, you know, if every business in the world would take up a cause, not just like write a check, but really embrace the cause, you know, you think about all the social problems, environmental problems that we could solve. 
because companies, that's where the money is, you know, in, in our society. So, so anyway, that's, I guess, the, the background behind it. And then, you know, when we were asking ourselves, well, what cause do we want to embrace? You know, we said, well, what do we love to do and what do we care the most about? And what, what we care most about are the, are the flats, you know, the low country, the shallows, and that's where we love to fish the most. You know, we do offshore and we do bass and stuff like that, but our real passion, I think, is in saltwater fly fishing. So we're like, well, let's just build a brand around that and let's, let's let that be our cause. And, you know, we've supported saltwater flats, whether it's the fish or the habitat uh, or whatever for, you know, for years. And, and so it's just a, a natural fit for us. And so, um, and you know, the shallows themselves, it's the nursery, it's the estuary, it's the whole ocean, the whole planet depends on that part of the water to produce, um, you know, the offspring that, you know, that go off to live in the ocean or that offshore fishermen uses bait or that, you know, that clean the water. And, and so it's, it's really the future of, of our oceans is, is the shallows. So that's kind of where, where our focus is. And we, we do habitat, habitat projects. We do fish projects. I mean, we've only been around for a year and a half and we've, uh, we've already been able to do a lot, which is, which is awesome. Um, but temples of change specifically, and we thought it'd be cool just to have, be able to, to pull in some of our artist friends and do some paintings on the inside of the lenses. And then for those frames, when they sell, they, um, go to a specific cause. So the ones that we have out, the first ones that we've done are really, um, based on the core, on saving the coral reef. Yeah. So a lot of, there's a lot of coral bleaching out there. And we met this gal down in Ishkalak, Mexico, uh, her name's Gabby, and she has a, has a not-for-profit called Oceanus. And she's figured out a way, she's a, like a marine biologist, scientist gal, and she's figured out a way to plant coral reefs in a way that they grow really fast. You know, wow. corals tend to grow pretty slowly, but she found some specific ones that grow really fast. And she took us out on the boat and we, you know, snorkeled and looked at the reefs and you could see where they had planted and how fast they grow. So she plants a little tiny coral and then within a year, it's like a foot. And then within five years, it's like five or 10 feet across. And wow. it's amazing. And so, um, it's, if you do that at scale, you can really, you know, make big strides into, into restoring and renewing some of these coral reefs that are not doing so well. So we decided that we would create these glasses and then for every one that we sell, it'll basically plant one coral and then over time that will grow. So that's what, that's what we're doing. And, um, so far they're selling great. People really like the message and, you know, uh, love to, they love to have a tangible way that they can help, you know? Yeah, most definitely. So, uh, yeah. So that's, that's one of the things we're doing and we're doing a lot of, of, um, similar types of projects. We're doing one to clean up the beaches, uh, in Mexico. And, uh, we have a whole rooster collection, shirts and hats. And uh, when you buy those, then you're able to clean up uh, a section of beach down in Mexico and, and so forth. So uh, you'll see a lot more of those coming out from us over the over the coming months and years. 
Yeah, that's really cool. I, I think as a consumer, it's awesome to be able to, you know, buy something that you like, but then also know that it is helping. So at least it yeah. helps me swallow, you know, sometimes when I, when I spend money, I probably shouldn't. I'm like, yeah, I'm helping out. So that's right. <laughs> I've got one of the the rooster hats, and I love it. It's a, it's such a cool design. And I, and I noticed surfing the website too that it was there's kind of a story behind that rooster, isn't there? Yeah, there is. It was funny. We were we were down there, and um, there was a building with the rooster that uh, is the one that ended up on the shirts, and it's just just this cool looking rooster. And and I asked the guys, you know, where it came from, who painted it, you know, because if it was a village artist i thought that would be really cool to work yeah. with them on some stuff and um like oh that's that's the guy's name rooster he owns that shop uh, that the rooster's painted on and i was like oh wow i'd love to meet him and so they brought they went and found rooster and brought him in we had a nice uh, couple hour long conversation and this dude is a trip like his grand he's from the oldest family in ishkalak and his grandfather was a pirate down there oh wow and and his grandfather had sort of red colored hair instead of black. And so they called him Rooster. That was his nickname. And then, it, and then, uh, Rooster's dad, um, did not have the red hair, but then Rooster, the one that we talked to, did. And so they call him Rooster as well. And so I said, Rooster, Randa, would it be all right if we, uh, you know, could we have your permission to use your painting, um, you know, on, on a t shirt or a hat so we can help clean up? the beaches of Ishkalak, which it's not that the people there pollute the beach. It's that it washes up from the ocean. It's ocean trash. Right. And he said, absolutely. If you want to use my rooster, to clean up our town. That'd be awesome. So that is really uh, cool. That's what we did. Yeah. That's super He's cool. A neat guy. That's uh, a, yeah. yeah, I like that story. That's, it's cool to see how it all came together. And I remember when I just saw the hat on there the first time I was like, that rooster is super cool. I had no, <laughs> and that's when I bought the hat. I had no clue that, you know, the whole backstory to it all. But uh, if you haven't seen yeah. it, it's definitely, definitely a really, really cool design. Now, are there any other, are, you'd mentioned the, the beach clean. Is there any other um, organization or anything like that y'all work with closely as far as conservation goes? Well, we work with Bonefish Tarp and Trust quite a bit, um, you know, because our, our mission is very much aligned with theirs in terms of protecting bonefish and tarpon and permit and, and the habitats they live in. So we're doing a mapping project with them. So we're going to different flats uh, in the places that we visit. And they fly satellites or drones over the flats and then create this map oh, cool. that shows where where the habitat is at this stage. And then that becomes kind of a baseline for work that we do in the future to see, is it getting better? Is it getting worse? And, and so forth. So that's the, the start of our, our projects with those guys. Um, we're also working with some other for-profit companies who are kind of like us. So uh, this holiday, we're doing a big promotion um, with four other companies who give back to the shallows and who care about the shallows. So one of them is Four Ocean, and Four Ocean, uh, we have a promotion running where um, when you buy a pair of sunglasses, we will work with Four Oceans to pull a pound of trash out of the ocean and then we've created these cool little uh, metal camp cups with um, our artist a guy named Casey Anderson did a little drawings for each one of them and so for ocean you buy glasses pull a pound of trash and you get a, a cool cup with a it's actually got a picture of a hermit crab that 
you know, he when they grow, they get a bigger and bigger shell. Yeah. Well, the shell that, that he selected is a bottle cap. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. And, so it, and that actually happens in real life. Does it uh, really? Believe it or not. Yeah, yeah. Dang, that's so anyway, crazy. we're doing that one, and then we're working with Mang, um, and Mang plants a mangrove for every T-shirt or hat that you buy from them. So same kind of formula, buy, buy a pair of bahios, plant uh, a mangrove tree, and get a, a cup with a cool drawing on it. That's and then Toadfish. Fun. Toadfish is the other company out of Charleston, and they plant oyster reefs, so we're working with them on that. And then Pilar Rum is about the coral reefs as well, and and so we're, we're working with them on that. So, yeah, and that's um, so that's for for this holiday, and we'll keep doing things like that. That's cool. It's just so cool to see a company that, like you said, you know, your your focus is around the conservation, which is just really really neat. You know, life short, and if we can make a difference like that, that it's it you know, last way longer, you know, it's just, it's really cool. And I appreciate that. Yeah. And we're small, you know, I mean, we're not, uh, you know, kidding ourselves to think that we can solve all the world's problems. But I think a lot of it is if you know, you can start something and then you can tell some stories about it and then you can get other people to sort of join in. And, um, that's where the power comes is when you can get a whole bunch of people just coming together to help solve problems and you know nobody's trying to take credit or all the glory or anything like that it's just let's all focus on the problem and how can we all come together uh you know to fix something that we really care about and that's Definitely. that's kind of our philosophy you know and I, I you know really bugs me when i see companies that want to be competitive on that you know and be like the exclusive you know sponsor of this not-for-profit organization it's like guys this is about the mission, man. It's not about the ownership of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so if some other sunglass company wanted to join us on this stuff, I'd be like, yeah, come on in, man. Absolutely. Yeah, even though we're competitors, let's, let's work on this problem together. For sure. Yeah. I think everyone, yeah. you know, talking about the consumer or other companies or whatnot, at the end of the day, everyone does want to make a difference. You know, they want to do something for good. And I think the trouble is, and what, what y'all are doing that's so cool is you're making it easy for people to do that. Cause a lot of times it's like, yeah, I would love to do, I would love to help with coral reefs or with mangroves, but it's like, I don't know how to do that. You know, it's it, it, the fact that y'all are taking that step for people and making it easy is really, really neat. Yeah. And I, you know, I think people, especially, you know, younger folks who, you know, that's kind of our, that's our crew. Um, we're, we're really focused on bringing younger folks into fishing and and as a way to inspire them to help with conservation and and protect it um and they you know they want to roll up their sleeves and do stuff they don't want to just write a check or be like a member and get a free hat right they want to get actively involved and do something themselves and a lot of them don't have a lot of money i mean they're just starting out in their careers and stuff so you know they couldn't write a big check if they wanted to but I think even if they could, they would rather just actually do something. Definitely. Um, yeah. So Definitely. We're, we're trying to make it as easy as possible for them to get involved and, and find ways for them to do that. Yeah, that's one of the, you know, I feel like the fly fishing side of things and, and even the sight fishing through social media has, has been a huge way to get uh, you're talking about young people get young people back into fishing and back into the outdoors because it kind of became an old man's thing for a while and it seems like over the past you know seven eight years 
there has been a big push, you know, of kids wanting to get back into at least here in Wilmington. Like there are so many kids, the same kids that are out there surfing, you know, they're if there's not waves, they're they're looking to fish. And I really feel like it's companies, you know, like Bahio and and some other fly fishing companies and stuff that are using, you know, their their money for marketing to kind of pursue the the younger generation and and show them that fishing and the outdoors is a great place to spend your time. So yeah, well, that's good to hear, man. Um, you know, locally here, we were <clears throat> talking to uh, a kid who just got out of high school, and he's working at the Ford dealership, and he's like, yeah, man, I don't know what's happened in the last three or four years. All the kids around here just started fly fishing, and nobody used to fly fish before, and now now everybody's doing it. And we see these kids running around on the bicycles, you know, with some have fly rods, some have conventional rods right and just like going to all the little creeks and ponds and and that's what they do you know it's just whole packs of them running around yeah fishing and it's it's really cool to see it you know we're we're uh we're really stoked to see that it's super cool there's this uh this kid that i know that that will chat on instagram sometimes he lives here locally really good fisherman actually and um, he'll, on his Instagram story, it'll be like, he'll have like a surfboard rack on the side of his boat with the surfboard in there. He's like holding a fly rod, riding his bike around surfing and fishing. I'm like, man, that is, that's just cool to see, you know, to, this, there's so much other distractions for kids nowadays with screens and TVs and video games and everything to, to see kids choosing to be outside and to fish and to surf is, is really, really neat. Yeah, it, it, it really is. And, um, you know, we've got a new thing coming out, um, that, I think we'll be launching it first quarter next year, like February or something like that. But it's it's all about that. It's making it easier for you know younger and and from an affordability standpoint, and also from a informational educational standpoint. But making it easy for folks to <clears throat> young people to travel and fish. And you know, I've been lucky enough to you know, be able to stay at some super nice lodges and but those things. And most of the time, I, you know, we get, we get good deals on it because of, you know, we're doing a photo shoot or something like that. Right. Uh, but, but, you know, if you're 25 years old and you want to go down to Mexico and go fish and go to Ascension Bay or someplace like that, I mean, it could cost you several thousand dollars for right. one week. Right. You know, it's, it's just not affordable. So we're, we're creating an app that is going to, we're going to call it the Bahio Trails app. And so what we've done is we've gone, our first one's going to be the Yucatan Peninsula down in Mexico. And so we've had a team down there and we have a bunch of friends from over the years and we're creating a trail that goes from sort of the southwestern tip, you know, corner of the Yucatan Peninsula all the way, you know, up through Campeche, all the way to the top around to Holbosch and down, you know, to Ascension Bay and Ishkalak. And uh, so that's going to be the Yucatan Trail. And this app is going to say, hey, if you go to this town, here's the dude you need to talk to. He'll help you out. It's all kind of DIY fishing. Yeah. And so it's super inexpensive. Here's the really cheap hotels. Here's a place you can camp. Here's a cool spot in this family, maybe even homestay, you know, in somebody's house. Uh, but just as a way to facilitate. Yeah, that's so cool. Travel and fish. Yeah. That so, is really cool. I'll be using that. <laughs> cool. Well, it's it's really I don't know, man. It 
I've I've always loved adventure, you know, and getting out and exploring and stuff like that. So this isn't going to be too prescriptive. We want people to get out and make their own adventure, and you know, find their own part of the trail. But at least they'll give them a framework, you know, that'll make it a little bit more accessible. Definitely, definitely. I I would think. I mean, my favorite. If I could go on a fishing trip right now, if I could just get a plane ticket somewhere and, and mm-hmm. go and just hop out and see what happens, like that would be such an exciting trip for me. I don't think my wife would be able to go on that trip with me because it would probably terrify her. But, but I mean, <laughs> just that type of adventure that you're talking about is so, I feel like so needed. I mean, it's just, uh, especially, and, and probably most people that enjoy what we enjoy also, you know, would find that type of adventure fascinating, but I feel like it's something that that a lot of people might be lacking in their lives, but that's cool. That app is really, really, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Yeah. Well, we'll, uh, I'll, I'll ping you when it, when it comes out and let you check it out. I like it. I like it. Well, back to, uh, the sunglasses a little bit before we wrap things up, I, you know, there's a lot of different, uh, you know, lint frames and lenses. Is there a frame and lens combination that you feel is like, as far as shallow water fishing goes? And I know all the all the sunglasses and the company's kind of focused on that, but is there one that you feel is like your best, you know, the, if someone's going to go on right now and buy a pair for shallow water sight fishing, what would you recommend? Yeah. You know, frames are kind of about fit. And so it just sort of depends on, um, number one, are you a extra large big head dude like me or uh, you're a small skinny headed, uh, guy or gal and you need something smaller. And so that's, you know, kind of have to know what zone you're in there but the most common would be a large or an extra large and then some protection and you know blocking the sun is a huge factor in how frames are designed and so some people like to block with a side shield some like to block with a real fat temple and you know some like to not be so obvious about it and do do something a little more subtle so we kind of have different collections of of the type of of temples and the type of sun blocking and the different sizes. And I think if I were to pick one frame, it'd be a thick temple frame uh, that's probably a large, and that would be Vega. Okay. Vega is named after uh, Alejandra Vega Cruz, whose nickname is Sand Sleeves in Holbox, Mexico. A super cool guy. He's like the godfather of all fishing, flats fishing in, in uh, Mexico. And then from a lens standpoint, uh, I think that, you know, the glass lenses are still, in my mind, um, best because they don't scratch very easily and the optics are, are really good as well. Um, probably the plastics have more technology in them, uh, but for durability, uh, it's going to be the glass. And then from a color standpoint, the pink mirror, uh, as odd as it seems, you know, we didn't really think that a lot of people would wear pink, but for, for shallow water anglers, the pink mirror lens is mine and uh, i think by far the favorite that's awesome vega frame with pink pink lenses and you're good to go vega frame pink lenses good to go i like it that's uh (laughs) the biggest thing that i always have to worry about with sunglasses is like i need that happy medium of blockage of light from the side which i can i can get with like a hood as well but on those really hot days it's sometimes miserable to wear a hood um, yep. but my fit, I think my head is just hotter than normal humans heads. And so like, I've got to have just enough that it kind of vents, but not, not, you know, enough that it's blocking the light as well. So it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's sometimes a little bit of a challenge for me. It's probably just my hot headedness, but 
It's uh well, well Bales Bales Beach is going to be the temples aren't quite as thick, and that's actually our number one seller, Bales Beach. That's my and, daily um, wearer that I have and, and guide guide glass that I'm I've been wearing lately. Okay, there you go. So <laughs> funny that you say Vega it. and Bales, those are the two. Awesome, awesome. Well, we'll kind of close out here. Is there anything else that you want to touch on before we uh, before we wrap the podcast up? No, man. I you know appreciate you having me on, and um, I. Uh, you know, I think you're doing awesome stuff and love to get together and fish sometimes. So if you're down this way, give me a buzz. Let's yeah, definitely. Same if you're up here in North Carolina, your old home state. Don't forget about us. All right. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us, guys. If y'all need new sunglasses or next time you purchase sunglasses and you haven't tried Bahio, definitely go check them out. I've I've loved them ever since I switched over, and they're just really, really good lenses. And as you can tell, just a great company that that's more that's about more than just the sunglasses and um, you know, what they're doing for, for conservation and for, you know, what we love, the shallow water is awesome. So thank you again, Al, uh, for hopping on the podcast with us guys. Thanks for listening to the podcast and we'll see y'all next week.